All right, this week on Tipple Theory, we're going to be talking about gin. As my friend Ian likes to say, gin gets you back in. Tipple Theory is an exploration of the history and practice of creating alcohol around the world. On this show, we'll share some of the history of how your favorite beverages came to be, as well as techniques professional bartenders use to elevate your poison of choice into an experience worth savoring. Hi, and welcome to episode three of Tipple Theory with your VS, VSOP hosts, <laughs> Sean and September. Hello! Hi! So please go today to tipplethory.com and find our other episodes and different ways to support us. I recommend patreon.com slash tipplethory. So today's topic, as Sean said at the top, is gin! Woo! Already established, it's my favorite. It's delicious. <laughs> so, what have you been up to this week? So, as we uh, talked a little bit before, as we were getting set up, um, and you so nicely sent me a jar of uh, homemade maraschino cherries, which are delicious. They're like like sweet, sweet candy. Uh, I also got uh, a bottle of luxury whiskey, and mm-hmm. I. <laughs> I I normally don't go for anything that's branded that way because just by saying, hey, it's luxury, it just means, hey, it's 20 to 80% more than it should hey, be. Hey, yeah, we had the discussion last week. Did we Did we do this last week? Yeah. Well, well, no, I mean, no, so, about luxury and the branding and the sales, your experience there. So, so I, I got the box. Um, and if you can make out some of the tape on there, it might look like a wee dragon. And uh, that's because it is from... Uh, manifest distilling, uh, and also, uh-oh, what's the actual name of it? Uh, so the name of this whiskey is Paladin, and I forget what they're calling their whole uh, lineup, but it's Matthew mm-hmm. Lillard's uh, Distilling and whis- Whiskey Project, uh, who also co-owns Beetle and Grimm, the tabletop role-playing uh, company. So I went ahead and backed their their whiskey uh, for their first bottle. They're doing four, I think, so uh, in the series. Plus, they did a second, like a B version of the first whiskey because they sold out and there more people wanted it. Um, I want to say it was just over $100, $150. Um, certainly the most I've ever spent this? on an American whiskey. Is it this Quest's End? Oh, Quest's End, thank you. Okay. That is it. Um, I'm a, I mean, I, I like Beetle and Grimm. I'm a fan of Matthew Lillard. I like whiskey. So... <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, though, if you go to the Quest End website, and I will put the link in the notes for everybody, you don't have to verify your age for these sites. You have to verify your age and species. Like, I can yes. choose half elf and shit. Yep. Yes. Okay. So I, I, I haven't opened it yet, and I have a, a bunch of boxes of things that I haven't opened, but that's one of them I've been waiting to be like, all right, I want to go film it. It's something I normally wouldn't probably do, but... Um, it's a it's an intersection of a lot of people and things that I enjoy, so I, I went ahead and 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 spent the money. I <laughs> I hate to say my expectation. My expectation or hope is that it is at least better than like a fifty or sixty dollar American bourbon. If it's better than that, I'll be happy. Um, I don't expect it to be like like for that price. I mean, you're looking at like a low grade pappy almost. Well. Maybe a few years ago. Um, it's, it's a penny. It's a pretty penny. That was I'm super snobby. 
I'm gonna fill it with yeah. brown water afterwards. Slightly but you also wanted to support empty. these people in the idea, so right. sometimes that's you know that's part of the cost. Sometimes it's. I mean, I I can't. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have a lot of copies of his movies because I'm a fan. Um, and I always stop by his booth at Gen Con. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely one uh, one pro- uh, product and practice and personality I, I put money behind because seems nice. Cool. What have you been up to this week? Um, so I made Chex Mix yesterday. <laughs> All right, come on. I know it sounds like super mundane, right? But like, there's this food and drink streamer, Kanara. Uh, uh, she, big Star Trek, awesome nerd person, uh, on Twitch, and she was making Chex Mix the other day, and like, we were watching. It was just something in the background while we we're picking our movie for the evening and if you've never made homemade Chex Mix or had Chex Mix from scratch instead of buying the bag it is a thing I know it's the same stuff in there but the smell in your house like baking Worcestershire and garlic and onion and and then you could put all the kinds of nuts you want in it and yeah and I had you know like and it's it's the holidays, so uh, and football time is near. So the, all the checks are on sale, and it was like the only thing I didn't have in the house. So uh, the next day I had to get all the things and make the checks mix, and it, it just small thing makes me happy. And the batch is gigantic. So today <laughs> I had to I I bought my friend a mailbox and put it up. Long story. I'm that kind of friend, so you know. And I drove an hour and put up a mailbox, and I took him homemade Chex Mix. I mean, bonus. Uh, and, yeah, I'll be taking that to uh, the bar with me if any of it makes that long. Maybe I'll sneak some in tomorrow, because tomorrow my D&D group, instead of playing, is going on a field trip to see Monty Python and the Holy Grail in cool. theaters. That's yeah. Awesome. How cool. So uh, the thing I did not do today was go get some better gin because we're doing the gin show. And I was like, well, this is my justification to go at least get myself some Hendrix. I mean, I wasn't going to go to Raleigh and get some Young Hearts or anything. Um, and they don't carry N gin anymore, uh, which I actually really like. But the packaging is bonus and I would love to have been showing it on the show. Um, actually, I, I think I'll put their link in the show notes. Um, I remember showing it to you, or it looks like an engine oil can. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually not bad. It's actually quite good. And their website is, like, wonderfully interactive, adorable, like you're in a 50s gas station stuff. So, yeah. There we go. Awesome. I like it. Things I so, did did not do, things right, I'm doing right now is drinking a French 75. Delicious. I'm drinking a gin ricky, which uh, or we can, I can go over both cocktail recipes later. But uh, I, I think I put in our notes for the show that uh, I want to talk about gin and tonic. And then I got nervous. I'm like, well, it's kind of that's easy. But uh, I wouldn't have something just as simple. <laughs> so I'll kind of talk about both. When we get well, if you have a way to elevate it, that's what we're here for. A little bit. Uh, I mean, it's 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 simple. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I we'll also noticed it, we'll that you it. added some stuff to the show notes, and I was like, oh. 
Well, I did. I was, I only started and then you did stuff. And then I had a little time and I was, you know, digging more. And there was something you wrote that I was like, I'm pretty sure I could find something earlier than that. And I did. So. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I I was still trying to stick with. uh, It's fine. I'm trying not to, 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 to. To jump the mm-hmm. jump the shark, mm-hmm. but um, so so before Jin there was Jin of Air, um, so I tried to go with the first, like uh, what do we call it, like sanctioned or government documented version or, or right. instance of Jin of Air. Okay, but there's like so... two hundred years before <laughs> that. Of, of yeah, so for our listeners, we're still getting our legs under us here, right? Like we knew what we wanted to do with history. And stuff, but when you get into the history of something uh, with such a long history, um, and and whether it's the spirit itself or the cocktail or the equipment, like stuff that we plan to go into, um, I can we're, we're going to look up sources, and then sometimes they're going to conflict, and so we're trying to sort it out and present it to you in the simplest way possible. Um, our show notes in our Patreon that you'll be able to read. I'll have our sources broken down, um, but hopefully you've already listened, so you can get the skinny from us. Yes, I I concur. Do you do you want to do you want to kind of go bullet by bullet, like what you found and what I found, and we'll kind of go hither and thither? I guess, yeah. You don't have to. We, we could have reordered it. Um, well, well so, so what's the first thing you think of? Or, or what is the first thing the layman would think of with gin? Like, what is... Because that's where I started. Like, I love gin, and I know about craft gins and um, different stuff. But I was like... So, but what is what is dry, right? Like, and even if you just like wine, you know it's like sweet versus dry. So... The big difference in a dry gin is there's not added sugar. And, but everyone calls it London dry, London dry. And so I didn't understand how that started. And I looked that up. So the first thing I was finding, like, what's the difference between like gin and London dry, started going immediately into the history. And that's why I put in this, you know, article about. That account from Sipsmith that was talking about London as if it was the origin of gin, which I knew wasn't true. Right. Uh, but I threw that link in there. And then, you know, you wanted to make a context point about an earlier thing. And I'm like, okay. So, but then I threw in another, you know, I found another source. I was like, oh, okay. Cause I know it doesn't come from London. But it was just that first source I had that had a little bit of history in it. Um, London Dry Gin did get a reputation because by the time it got to London, it wasn't being made the same way as basically a burnt or, you know, bad wine. Kind of similar to the way we talked about vodka last week where it was a, a wine and then they distilled it so it was stronger and then it just tasted really bad and so they just kept filtering and filtering and filtering so it didn't taste like anything gin is like that branch off of that people will say in a barroom conversation like 
Well, what is gin? Oh, it's just vodka and you put juniper berries in it. It's not that simple. It's not the same kind of infusion. And that's what you and I can talk about where it's a similar process. But no, it's not an infusion of vodka. It's the same 11th century terrible brewing or sprouted wheat product or, or whatever product they were sprouting making wine that tasted terrible and then the monks had a whole lot of juniper growing around and juniper is really strong so jennifer started as its own thing so don't you take it from there so how's that for a start i like that and i so we'll go from Genevieve and then we'll kind of uh, we'll end up leaking, leak, leaking, blah, 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 linking. We'll come back to Jeannie Jin Jin. But uh, Genevieve, and uh, there's also another, uh, so Genevieve basically means juniper or Jennifer, or there's another French version of it. They all have the same kind of. Oh word. my God. Yeah. And that was another whole thing looking it up, right? Because it was like, oh, it comes from the Dutch. Oh, it comes from the French. Oh, no, it came from Italy. And like, it's the root word of this. Oh, it all comes from Latin because I guess they quit fighting about who named it that after what. And, and somebody just said, never mind. It all comes from Latin. <laughs> like, it's all the juniper. Like, but yeah, so it's all the, all the derivatives of, of, of ways to say juniper in other languages. Um, so, so uh, Genevieve was a way to distill, basically was distilled wine with juniper uh, and juniper in the distillates. Um, so they, they added that, I mean, as you were saying, basically to flavor, initially to flavor bad wine, uh, they think, and then that was good. So then they actually intentionally started uh, making this distilled product that had juniper in it. And initially it was... Uh, so there, there's now there's two kinds. There's old Genevieve, which I, I weed. I can't speak Flemish, so let's <laughs> call old Genevieve and uh, young uh, Genevieve. Uh, so the old style basically actually refers to that they were initially made in pot stills. So it was just one distillation, and then you'd have your product. Uh, as distillation methods got better, they'd actually redistill it. And make a more refined, <clears throat> excuse me, refined product that was much smoother and had a little bit less juniper taste because of the consequential uh, uh, distillations. Um, there now nowadays that you can find either or and like uh, uh, old or young that might be darker, and that's because they either would have color, sugar, or have been aged in a barrel. So a lot of times people see old Genevieve and like it might be brown. They're like, oh, well, that's how you know it's old because it's brown. Well, no, it's just because they did something else to it. Uh, so it can be misleading in the name. <laughs> I see a dark gin on the other side favorite. of this portal. I didn't even know about this old Genevieve, and I'm in love with this Cardinal Barrel aged gin. So anyway. And so I like Genevieve because it is very, generally, generally very smooth. It has that nice pungent juniper taste, and, and unlike uh, gins, it, <laughs> it might sound weird, but it's very one noted. It's the juniper taste. It's smooth and juniper and alcohol, uh, which I, I, coming up in to my drinking ages and getting a London Dry and getting Bombay Sapphire and getting Tangeray, generally London Dry, uh, but they add a lot of extra botanicals to it, so. 
although you know you're tasting juniper, you don't always know what this other mix is going on to your palate. And so having something very singular to come out, it's 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 wonderful. And it's it's still, I think, a very good beverage. Um, and 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 fantastical. Uh, so and I've never had it. Even though gin is my favorite, I've never had something uh, claiming to be your branded Jennifer. Yeah. And so um, just for and so I, I, I had been reading your sources that you're citing and then I was like, well, so there's a, a bit of a, a kerfuffle as to who who invented Jennifer Gen- or at least as it is known today. Uh, and uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. It's not Sylvanus because uh, <laughs> that's World of Warcraft. Oh um, my god, like Jennifer doesn't give me yen and it's like the witcher's girlfriend every time I read this Jennifer <laughs> spelled this way and I think of I think of Jen because yeah. Anyway. It's uh, Silvius. Uh so the, a lot of people credit him with having uh created uh Jen, but there's actually documentation, and that's what I cited in our notes uh, from the early fifteen hundreds of someone actually having a recipe um on on legal documentation for uh Jennifer. and that was that was written three years before uh Syl- 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 that, mm, Silvius was born so although he is commonly credited with inventing Jennifer because he did something else to popularize it I forget what it is off the top of my head um he actually did not would not have deserved all the credit that he is given uh, but there are also papers from other Flemish authors going back to like well do you were raising your hand. I see. I see. Yeah, because yeah. that's something that I had found um, in the 1100s. They, they, there was a book from like the first. I think it was actually the first medical school that ever existed. Was the one that the Benedictine monks. Uh, set up in Italy, which there are all those stories, right, about, like, that's how they made gin because they were putting uh, juniper berries in. But um, distillation originating in the Arab world, and then it moved to Europe in the Middle Ages. And when the Moors were ruling Sicily, um, they thought, okay, the monks are using it. But there's a collection of documents from that what became like a, a basically a medical college or school, they weren't using the same words. There is a compendium where there was a document that um, in the compendium Salernita that included a recipe for a tonic wine infused with juniper berries. When was that one from? Uh, in the 11th century, 12th century, 12th century. Are, are they saying like medicinal tonic? Yeah, I mean, they weren't oh. calling it gin, but it was a, a recipe for this preparation of, of wine with juniper to use as a diuretic and mm. things. Okay. So it, it was a nifty origin extra. So it was like, yeah, how are we going to delineate, like, recipe and who gets credit? Because, I mean, there was another one I found where, you know, whether I think that was the first cocktail, right? Um, uh, we'll come across that later because I know you mentioned in the vodka episode, like getting in Savoy. That's when finally somebody published a bunch of recipes, and there's uh, gin had a particular issue of that that all of a sudden 
Jin existed because here it is and there are X number of recipes. So Jin is like on the market at this point. It's on the radar. <laughs> right. And it's it's odd, not odd, but interesting that the other origins outside of like some of the original cocktail books, which again are really only 120, 130 years old yeah. at this point. Uh, and obviously we're we're talking about stuff that happens 600 years ago, 700 years ago. So, but a lot of that was medical. So it's it's a little bit tricky in saying like, well, it wasn't necessarily for enjoyment. Uh, although that is when, oh gosh, what was in the 1600s in Holland? Uh, they started tagging, there's uh, uh, tax laws on record where they started taxing Genevieve. And that's when they can kind of tell like, all right, people have figured out that this is also really fun to drink. It's not just <laughs> it's not just healthy. Oh, well, and it's uh, probably when people started making it in bathtubs, and uh, when you can make it yourself, they have to tax it, right? Can't get around them. But I want to look for this document, and I will try um, because I I found this reference to uh, these documents compiled around 1055. Um, the Compendium Salernita, uh, with that recipe in it, but I could not find other than like this one illustrated page that I'm not sure they're using the same page there, but I have some, a bunch of librarian friends and I bet they will help me find this. And if I do, I will share. Now was the one from 1055 also distilled or was it like a Genevieve? It was, a, no, it was a wine or... infused with juniper berries. Okay. So they had like it would have been the the crux because that's right before distilling made it there. Right. Yeah, that's the only the only reason I liked the one from fifteen twenty two from also from a doctor, Hermenini. <laughs> like he talks about like crushing berries, adding it to wine, and then distilling it. I'm like, all yeah. right, well that's pretty. That's now. That's what we do now. That's yeah. That's that's closer to what we do now. But yeah, there's def- definitely a lot of room for argument as to, well, when did when did the idea come about? Well, it's, it's I'm not even... arguing with you. We're just oh, discussing oh. the origin and the path. Oh, for sure. Oh, we're not... laying out a whole timeline. Here. I don't. I don't feel dismarked. I don't. I don't, I, I don't yeah. feel bad. <laughs> but but like I'm also trying to say I'm not arguing. But I, I get it. Like there's. Yeah. Like, As how did do. it start? People thought it was medicinal. Right. It was then bread fermented like, in pots being carried around in ancient Mesopotamia. Then, you know, it, it, it tasted bad, and that was okay when it was medicine. But then we discovered if you drank more, how great it felt. So we had to distill it and make it taste better. Right. Wait, this medicine's <laughs> working too good. People feel like, great. Oh, wait, this isn't Shoot. better. So let's put sugar in it, because sugar makes everything better. Mm. And then we got even smarter and figured out how to take some sugar out, and it still tastes good. The magic of gin. So I, I saw you had a note about <laughs> more, more other medicinal practices in history about gin. And I actually, I don't think I came across this one. I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't uh, see it. It's a plague. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I I I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I had not come across that before, and I've looked into gin a couple of times. Which one? It's in this one. 
Hold on. Um, yeah, so early on, people thought, okay, use it for a diuretic. And if you don't know what that is, it helps make you pee, which, I mean, drinking anything will. There's a whole lot of things that <laughs> people claim to be uh, diuretic. But, yeah, during the bubonic plague, um, people across Europe started drinking juniper cordials and elixirs. They just thought it would ward you against the plague. Like, this is way before anybody was like, it's going to boost your immune system. But basically the equivalent of that's what they thought was going to happen. Um, and <laughs> there's like a surviving juniper tonic recipe uh, written in 1351. So, uh, but they also, uh, juniper berries were, I did know this, plague doctor masks were used as big, awesome bird masks, right? Well, I think they're mm -hmm. awesome. Um, that's one of the things they would pack into the beaks. Those beaks were not, the masks were to, they were doctors. The people wearing them were generally going around and treating the sick. So, yeah, they got sick a little less because they were in some form at least masking, but all the superstition, everything. Juniper was one of the things they would put in there because they thought it had these warding properties uh whether or not uh juniper berries were a barrier to pathogen i actually haven't looked into the chemistry of that because i mean some botanicals are and i'm sorry I'm, I'm a bad witch i do not know if juniper actually is the only thing i've ever used juniper for, berries for is uh to help some people brew beer locally. Um, I never looked into medicinal. <laughs> I, I don't mean to, 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 to tangent, but but on that, I didn't actually look it up, but juniper is an evergreen, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay, I thought so. But so but so in thinking of packing those masks with juniper, if they're putting like twigs and the, the needles of it, you're essentially creating a really long filter. Which, yeah. I mean, if, if it's a well-made mask and it's, you know, it, it's only venting in from one end and going to your mouth. I'm thinking of maybe a more stylized bike doctor, but. Well, yeah, I mean, they actually, filled with the berries, right? It's, it's a process of making the holes smaller and smaller stuff can get through. Yeah. But I mean, I assume bubonic blade is uh, smaller than that, but I'm, I, it can't dodge everything. Right. But I mean, you're, you're, it's a, it's a, a filter. <laughs> It's That's, a filter. It yeah, smells better really than... <laughs> Lord knows what they could have shoved in there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not above a hot toddy when I'm sick. That'll that'll kill everything. Is uh, it's just a case in my head. I've certainly used that to get through a shift. So there's, it's it won't heal you, but it'll make you feel good enough to get stuff done. Exactly. So I, I like that. I, I didn't. Um, yeah, I, I did not look into that. And now that, every cool. time you see a plague doctor mask, well, like, so I knew oh, they put botanicals in there. I didn't know it was juniper. I knew they put like herbs. I think that's why about as deep down the rabbit hole as I got. Oh, there's herbs in there. Mm -hmm. Basil. Mm -hmm. Maybe some oregano. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make a soup after this. Or sorry, maybe a marinara. Oh God, bubonic soup. Let's bubonic not marinara. 
and there's gonna be a hot sauce in the next year called Kubanic <laughs> sauce. <laughs> uh, so I saw. Um, yeah, I thought it was I mean, it could have been worse. They could have put Angelica in there, which what does I, that I like I in my gin, but it can be poisonous if you're eating a bunch. Anyway. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, like, I thought that was bad for you. It's fine. It's just, it looks just like hemlock, which isn't. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. So I... And, hmm? Next, I'm glad you liked that. That was uh, that was a nifty find for me too about the bubonic plague. So, um, we both looked up styles of gins, but I thought it was funny because we both found different lists, and you were, you found more of a uh, I want to call it like a drinkability style. So you 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 referenced an article from Bon Appetit. Um, yeah, that one I liked that one. Oh, no, and that's totally fine. I, I basically found, like, going more into, like, the legal definitions of, mm-hmm. of gin, like, in the in the UK. But there's also different standards in the UK, uh, Canada, the EU, US. Oh, yeah. Well, I totally started there because I already knew how much gin had been popular, popularized by Prohibition. Mm. And so I had put that link in a few days ago. Because it was like, that's how I looked it up. Gin during Prohibition. Because I already knew that's something that happened. And I threw that in there. And then when I dug into the types um, later on, and like I said, I was discovering like, oh, it had more of that wine history like vodka did. And, oh, wait, well, dry is no sugar. So what else? I was like, well, what other types? And... That's where I found that Bon Appetit article and learned about... I had heard of Old Tom, and you and I had discussed it before in a chat, but I didn't really understand it. And that's where I found out you could still get Jennifer. So, man, there's always something to learn. And I I went and I started reading again, sorry. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, right. All right, we need to start... (laughs) All right, we need to start show notes earlier and do right. all those reading before. I'll make show notes after the Well, okay, I'll probably make them tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah. um, no, so, and I was actually reminded me, too, because there's going back to Chenevere, which I, I just think is highly underrated in the U.S. market because uh, it's wonderful. Um, but but I, I'd forgotten there was actually on, on other parts because you said added sugar. I was like, oh, yeah, right, added sugar, because that was also part of the difference between old and young uh, Genevieve was that the oh no come on brain you can do this uh, part of it was the mash and part of it was how much added sugar so the older had to be like under 15 percent of a, a certain style of mash oh, i'm forgetting sorry uh okay. but then less than 10 grams like i want to say per liter of sugar and then younger had to be more than 15 percent of a particular style of mash and could have up to like 20 grams of sugar Oh, I think I'm gonna need a road trip. Can can we do on a place odds right now on my North Carolina ABC having Jennifer? Because I've never seen it, uh, and I spend mm, most I, of my time in that gin aisle. I every once in a while I could find it in Atlanta. So I mean, you're not too far away. Um, I just I'll just have to ask real nice. <laughs> Is there anything you can do for me? 
he was if somebody old... finds out it's old timey, <laughs> they'll jump on it. Uh. But um, so so I'm thinking of those classifications, and then I was thinking of the um, the different standards I found for like the EU, the US, and mm. um, I, I liked it because you started to touch on it, like the difference between gin and distilled gin and London dry gin. Um, and, oh, and or just a juniper flavored spirit, which is is terrifying. <laughs> Let's not do that. But like, so that's like what the EU has is uh, so you can have basically like the bottom of the barrel, your plastic bottles on the bottom shelf would be like a juniper flavored spirit, which is just a, a grain Are mash. They doing that just to see, like politically, because you're saying it's like a different. They can tax it differently, right? That reeks of because dry gins became known as London Dry first. That's where they first started like distilling it differently, so they didn't have to add all the sugar. That they wanted to hold on to having London on it so bad they passed those kind of laws. I didn't look up the why, um, but actually we didn't even talk about that. So so gin went from Holland to England. When uh, England was fighting in a war in the the lowlands of Holland, uh, so it was basically the soldiers there were drinking gin in their off time to steady their nerves, uh, which is where the phrase "Dutch courage" comes in. A little bit of Dutch courage. I love that so much. Um, so, and then they brought, of course, as soldiers do a lot of times, they bring bring stuff back. I'm like, hey, you know, this is pretty good. You know, we, we invaded that country, but uh, we got some shit. <laughs> and so that's that's when Genevere, right, and there was actually another slight name change in there that just made it. You know, there's like Genevere, so they just called it Gin, uh, as as the English language likes to do. It's a short, it's easier to say, just say Gin, Gin. So that's how Gin <laughs> got to London or the UK, and then then yeah, London Dry has its own uh, distinct. Uh, uh, oh come on, brain. Um, classification and it was let's see is it a uh, distilled gin but it's redistilled with neutral spirits in the presence of the botanical juniper with a predominance of juniper and neutral spirit must be presence agricultural. Of... <laughs> it can just be watching it's it's kind of like a rabbi uh, well, it's kosher <laughs> it's kosher uh, spirit must be 100% ABV oh, via the addition of a very small amount of methanol and bottled at a minimum of 37.5 ABV. But that's like the, the, the best style. So it's when you're, it's redistilled but with juniper in it. And they Which can also, add methanol to get to the ABV and that's the best style? No. With, via the addition of a very small amount of. Okay. So in uh, like like just distilled gin, it, so and that one has to be a hundred percent ABV. The other one has to be ninety six percent. And juniper, uh, so like in just quote unquote distilled gin in the EU, it has to be juniper has to be the predominant flavor, but not necessarily the only flavor. That's to be really London Dry, it has to be. Thank you. Quote unquote more pure. And mostly juniper. That's interesting, because I mean, gin is—that's the flavor, that's the characteristic. 
Juniper. Like, uh, it's named <laughs> after it. It's fine. There Until are a the lot. Well, I mean, there are a lot of gins out there that have a lot of different botanicals. Man, I've had some with a lot of botanicals. I've had some with just one little added. Um, but if the juniper isn't at least the most forward, you may as well call it something else, honestly. And people don't like juniper, so they think they hate gin. But you get something that's a little balanced differently or use it in a cocktail and not hate gin anymore. Like, everybody thinks, I don't like IPAs, blah. It's like somebody hit me in the face with a pine branch. And this is like a similar, this is the flavor profile, right? It's that, like, tannin, pine coney, juniper's an evergreen. Mm. Um, and it does something to your taste buds at a certain part of your tongue, and people just like, that astringency, they don't like it. And if you're having alcohol, it feels even stronger. But how you treat it and tempering it with other things can happen, but you can never take the juniper out, or it's not gin. Agreed. But I, I mean, I, I've certainly had stuff in the U.S. where they they'll add like actual pine of of different variety, different evergreen varieties, in addition to the juniper. Or they're like, oh yeah, well we also added hay. From Nebraska, <laughs> and we added sunflower seeds from New Mexico. Yeah, and like, okay, cool. Uh, how's it taste? Like shit. Like, yeah, so. I literally <laughs> drove oh, no. hours to a small craft. Wanted to support a person. Got more than one bottle because of the other person that wanted to support them and tipped me off and it had a lot of different stuff in it and so that sounded interesting and ah oh, it took me longer to drink that <laughs> than any gin I've ever bought no yeah but my cheap ass New Amsterdam um, who has a dry now by the way, they have a, a London Dry now, which oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. It's not I better. Say, um, um, it's a, it's a little no, it's it's less <laughs> strong flavor, but it's not just more purely juniper, and it doesn't. It's not less sweet. Uh, their regular one. Um, doesn't taste super strong or sweet or anything, and it's got some angelica in it, which I do like. Um, I don't know. That's my go-to affordable. <laughs> Is their regular? I've tried their London Dry, and it's uh, it's not much more, but it's not much of an improvement either. Oh, whoops! <clears throat> What'd you do? <laughs> well, I, so I, well, <laughs> you're going to make a gin gin drink and put something else in. Like. I've been drinking gin, but I I just there I just noticed a slight difference in the label. Um, but so for the styles of gin, um, for the U.S. Yeah, I, I I wanted to get that one real quick. Is gin must be bottled at a minimum of forty percent ABV because you know mm. that's that's how we do. Uh, and then juniper must be the predominant flavor. 
and it may be in the called, U.S. too. I thought you said yes, for in, oh, the, okay. in the U.S. Um, at least to be called, I mean, predominant is um, well, uh, subjective. Same, I was going to say, how do you measure that part? <laughs> right, and saying how like, well, that's the main flavor, but eh, all right. and maybe called mm-hmm. distilled gin only if it is redistilled again in the presence of botanicals, not just flavored with juniper, which is what you can do in the lowest grade gin in the UK. Oh. You can add flavoring instead of actually distilling it with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Okay, yeah, like extracts or something. Yeah, yeah. sure. So uh, the gin I'm drinking this week is uh, Martin Miller's, um, which is wonderful uh, dry gin. Uh, Martin Miller's is also the name of the person that owned the company. Uh, He's who taught the people who have Hendrix how to make their gin. So it's kind of like a little familial evolution background. Okay, gotcha. Um, I... So I bought it because I was at the state not the state store. I don't live in that one of those states anymore. Um, the liquor store, package store, box store. I was at a store that sells spirits, Halloween store, and <laughs> <laughs> and they had all these bottles of Barton Miller. So this is um, one liter, so just just a little bit larger than normal, um, but for ten dollars. I was like, no way! Like that's a freaking deal for Martin Miller's. Um, I only bought one because I'm trying to be nice to myself. But uh, I just realized it says, uh, like, Westmore Strength. It's in script, so it was hard to read at first. And I didn't notice it. Um, So it's 45.2% alcohol by volume, or 90.4 proof. And I was like, oh, no. I've been drinking Gin Rickies all episode. (laughs) This one is 47.3, is it? Oh, really? Yep. Wow. All right. Yeah, gin's not... Why did you think... Well, no, I mean, not like... Gin can come in lots of proofs, by the way. Uh, Yeah, but why why are you looking at the lower? Like, that's going to be the most common. Well, because common bottling strength in America is 40 proof for a spirit. Like, that's like their standard proof. Um, It's only lower generally when it's... um, Someone adds flavoring, like, like a lot of Smirnoff flavored vodkas they're like around 38 to 36 proof or uh, percent um good point but uh i mean but like like cask strength whiskeys gins also can have a higher proof usually like start to get up into navy proof when they're like in a 50 percent or more alcohol uh, by volume which can be destructive or can be <laughs> delightfully um i don't want to say challenging like there's just you're like, oh, yeah, this is strong, but wow, this tastes really good. Like, I didn't know that, that I would still have taste buds after this. Nice. Right. And, uh, yeah, the first time I had a Navy gin, I was like, ah, oh, this isn't going to go well. But um, like a lot of original uh, tiki cocktails that are out there, some of the oldest ones also have gin in them. And uh, gin, a high-proof gin lends itself really well to, like, the sweet, fruity notes in a tiki cocktail, which I very much enjoy. And you know what? I'm going to take the opportunity to say it's okay. It doesn't matter if you are using something that is using an extract or if it's purely brewed with the botanicals. Um, Because which does which? 
Like I, I like the New Amsterdam. It's it definitely uses the neutral grain spirit, right? All right, so that's the process where <laughs> if it's using a uh, botanical extract to add to it, and there are reasons to do that. Having brewed, there are reasons to do that sometimes. When it's, I mean, juniper wasn't originally like we talked. We talked about the history. It was like brewed with wine, and then you distill it. That's one thing. If you're gonna try and make a mash with it and then distill it it's going to chemically change the juniper and that's going to be much difficult more difficult to deal with not corrupting that flavor and so doing something like a grain neutral alcohol which things like probably the one you're looking at and i know the new amsterdam um at least in the london dry they start with a neutral spirit and they add botanicals um i don't know what hendrix does um uh, I would believe they do the same thing, um, but I mean, yes, probably. Well, yeah, because you you could you can start with a neutral spirit, or you can start with a spirit that's been like mashed or uh, fermented with the juniper mm-hmm. berry, mm-hmm. then distill it, and then redistill it with juniper again. Should one want? Sean, we have to have a tasting. We have to like. <laughs> I I think this calls for a tasting. We need to like get some that are not green neutral spirit starter and some that are and taste them next to each other because we both do cocktails a lot nobody does shots of gin if you're doing shots of gin you might have a problem oh uh, i was gonna say like wait yeah i've done shots of gin before (laughs) wow you don't know my knife i can't even isn't well i mean i don't like to do shots of vodka either like if i'm gonna I, I'm, I'm more of shots of bourbon person. I don't like to be left out. <laughs> That's my problem. I mean, uh, tequila, they have a thing. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so I, I found, I, 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 I phoned it real quick. Um, okay. The 11 botanicals in Hendrick's gin are macerated overnight in the pot prior to distillation. Mm-hmm. The same 11 botanicals are added to the Carter head, albeit okay. in a different ratio. The botanicals in this still are placed in a basket above the spirit, allowing for vapors vapors to pass through, imparting their flavor. So they, they actually do do yep. they add it to the yep. mash and distill it and they yeah, redistill it with it in there. Yeah. So no shame, but I will say Hendrix is definitely better. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> and finding out that it definitely uses that process. So, so here's my take on it, and it's it's a lot of it is how it sits on your palate. When the flavors are added to a neutral spirit, the they're much more forward. They're just they're there. They're yes, this is a a juniper drink. This is gin, more or less. Well, it's gin, but it it it's not in the same process. When you have something that is either added to the mash or distilled. With the juniper in there, uh, vapor, i.e. the vapors coming through it in like a second distillation, it's a little bit more subtle. And all the flavors kind of tend to sit in with each other. So that you you know you know there might be I almost said hemlock. <laughs> you might you know there might be peppercorn and lemon peel and juniper. Right. 
Oh, and that's another there. common we should mention addition to Jen is citrus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of citrus is added there. Um, so, so they tend to, I think they tend to rest better together on your palate versus when it when it's just a flavoring that's added to it. Um, and yeah, so um, I said peppercorn. I, I've only seen a few gins that add it, but it's a great uh, rim or or garnish if you're having um, gin cocktails. Sounds kind of odd, but like a, like just rough crushed peppercorns, like and you rim your cocktail glass with it. I feel um, like I'd want to use white. I was about to say pink. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because I saw a pink gin when it was a couple of years ago, but um, someone was making one. Oh, do we want to talk about pea flower? Yeah, well, I figured we were going there. Yeah. Okay. And that is, uh, I've seen a few now. Empress was the first one that I saw. Um, I just noticed a couple more um, in the it's last month. It's getting popular, so. isn't it? It's getting popular. Well, yeah, because it's purple. You know? It's cool. Like, it's not creme de cassis. Great. Right? <laughs> or creme de voilette. There's the only two other two purple cures that I know of. Um, but the, the pea flower, it's cool. I don't know that I could taste pea flower, personally. Um, but it does lend itself to a fantastic color and presentation, which one, once you know how to make a cocktail, the best you can do is up your service, customer service game, and up your presentation. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a stunner. It looks really, really cool. It's so uh, if, if you're only concerned about taste, don't worry about it. It's, it's not worth the upcharge. But, uh... Um, yeah. Oh. Like, I think I can get Empress on sale for about the same price as I get Hendrix regular. So, it's one of those, like... Uh, I mean, if I'm having company and I want to show a neat party trick, sure, I, I might would, go ahead. Yeah, I would say anyone at least do it once, taste it, or go to a bar that has it and taste it for sure. Yeah, go do. I mean, thing. if you're spending fifteen dollars for one cocktail, no matter which one it is, enjoy the pretty. Mm-hmm. But I haven't found it. It might be slightly sweeter, but it might be in my head. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I wouldn't disagree, but I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if it actually was or not. Um, I mean, because gin, <laughs> gin like Jameson, coming back to whiskey, uh, I I find like depending on like whatever chemical balance in my body is, tastes different or can taste a little bit different depending on the day. Mm. Um, and that's just maybe maybe I'm crazy. But but sometimes like gin will actually feel like offensive to my palate. Like I'm like order gin and tonic or something. I'm like, you know what? Like I can't drink this. I don't I don't know what's going on. But yeah, like and I like gin. I think normally, but there's certain days where it just does not agree with whatever's going on uh, in the background for me. Today is not one of those days. I generally find it very refreshing. I like the astringent quality. Um. I like an elderflower tonic um, or a little flesh of elderflower liqueur in a gin and tonic, but 
other gym cocktails too, like the citrus, the lime, the lemon, things that really. Uh oh. Oh no. Put gin in a toddy. You cut out for a second. <laughs> yeah, there was a little uh, freezy moment. Something, something toddy? Did you, were you going to put gin in a hot toddy? No, never. That was the point. Oh, okay. All right, well, I'll you... rewind and go back. You're going to have to edit. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, Gin, so many things <laughs> uh, with gin are refreshing. Mm. Like mm-hmm. the, the, it, lemon and lime, like that astringent quality, the floral quality. If you're going to make something where you want to be like throw in just cut up a bunch of citrus and throw some edible flowers that are in your garden or in your yard. Like I'm, I'm that nerd. Like violets are all over my yard. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna get a big ass mason jar or my dispenser, and uh, gin, maybe you know, maybe some vodka, some soda, some um, simple, and like throw a bunch of flowers in it. Gin is going to be the right carrier for that bright, refreshing drink. And even the classic simple ones, uh, like the French 75 we talked about, like gin and lemon and Prosecco or Mm. champagne, you know, whichever. Uh, The one I found in a book I had gotten over the summer where I went out in my yard. I have honeysuckle growing all over the fence. I'm like. Woohoo! I made a honeysuckle simple syrup, mm. and a little of that in with the gin and and some uh, sparkling. Like it's it's just it's light and refreshing, but like I said, it's not a warming, soothing. I'm never gonna make a a hot toddy out of gin, <laughs> right? <laughs> but for the most part, I get along with it just fine. No, I agree. It is definitely a. It feels more like a like a like summertime spirit. Um, oh. Although it goes so well with like cranberry, and sour, yeah, like then, citrus like, and cranberry and champagne. Oh, pomegranate! Come on. Sorry. I mean, was pomegranate in winter fruit? Yes. Oh, my bad. Yeah, that's why it's on sale in stores right now. I didn't see that. <laughs> like, I was grocery shopping a couple of days ago. I didn't uh, notice that. That does make sense children. as to why the last few things I've been to, people have had pomegranates. Like, why that? But you really want to see the pomegranate right now? We're in suits. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> no, it is in season. Um, let's see. Okay, so we bounced around a little okay, bit. Okay, so and we, part we of it was missed. My fault. Yeah, what we missed is World Gin Day. Oh, oh yeah, that's the the, the extra facts. I, I wanted to throw in. I'm going to keep bouncing back to Genevieve. Everyone should try it. It's delicious. We need to increase the import. Import. Yes, into oh, the U.S. Jennifer. Um, what I thought was funny. So, like the among other legal standards. So kind of like how friend. I'll always bring this up as my point of reference, but like. France with Champagne has to be made in the Champagne region for the domain of origin for Genevieve specifically and for how it's spelled and all of the other spellings within the UK. 
or EU, sorry, has to be made in the Netherlands or in two counties in Germany or two counties or provinces in France. That is it. Uh, which I, I thought that that specific breakdown was awesome. <laughs> you guys have got locked in. That's not even weird. All right. Like somebody yeah. figured out this is how you can make a law and started doing it that way. And, right. Yeah, it's fine. Well, and it's then, fine. you know, London Drive. I get it. Well, it's got to be from here. Well, it, doesn't, it has to be from the UK. But Oh, my God. Has someone done that with Moonshine yet? <sighs> Given I'm... its history? Okay, this, that's another show. But that, that's got to happen. I, uh, I, I live I'll... in North Carolina. I can find some people. Say fudge it, I have to digress. So I watched a uh, was a, like one of the try videos where like let's people try from things from here from there, but so people from Ireland try U.S. whiskeys and then rate them against like an Irish whiskey. Um, so they're like blind taste, like oh this is a Tillamore Dew, uh, thirty six year, and this is Pappy Van. It wasn't Pappy, but it was some other nice U.S. bourbon, and uh, it was fun because I was watching and I, I knew at least a, quite a few of the brands. And going, oh, wow, that's, that's quite smooth. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. And then going, like, well, yeah, because American bourbon whiskey, the tradition comes from Irish immigrants quite a lot. And so, like, so like a lot of the moonshiners were, were German and Irish immigrants that went up in the mountains and didn't want to be castled by the man and also would like to get, you know, get their drink on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, so that's, it's, there's a shared tradition there. And uh, I like that. We should, we should be happier about the whiskeys that we make around the world. And the gins. I, I think uh, whiskeys are next show, but that'll come up soon. D- did we put in the notes? We're supposed to. Uh, All right. I, no, I did somewhere. Wherever, wherever the thing is. Yep, uh, we did. So yeah. that's cool. Oh, yeah. So that was well, okay. Yeah. Well, so there's a few other fun facts. Yep. Uh, Sorry, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> oh, there's the whole bullet point. How is it used today? Because uh, it started out as a, a medicinal thing with Bob. Uh, it's used today to get drunk. I will argue it's still medicinal. Right. Taking my medicines. Um, but it started out as a medicine. Uh, I did I did, I did. did skip uh, wherever I put it down. Um, the, oh, no, actually, no, it was after this, so I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> uh, it's still a, still a very popular spirit around the world. In the U.S. and uh, where's the the fun fact? Oh, okay. So other fun facts. Uh, the World Gin Day is June 10th this year. It will be June 8th next year. So plan accordingly. Get your gin on. Um, and what what did you learn that you didn't know before? Um, well, uh, about Jennifer, as I mentioned, like I. Didn't I've not actually had that style. Um, like I knew the name came from Jennifer, like because it's cute and funny, and your friend, and like, oh, Jennifer Jr. and like the Witcher and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not know, um, how differently that spirit today even is made, um, from the gin I've been drinking, the distilled spirit, the distilled introduced. The distilled and then barrel aged, like the the gins that I I love and the things I do know about, uh, that that Jennifer's style still exists. Um, 
with this sprouted green start uh, to it. Uh, and the other thing I didn't put in the notes is about uh, Plymouth. Like, I knew Plymouth was, like, one of those old, like, that's the old, like, you got those couple of brands, you know, Beefeater and the whole London Dry, this is that thing that comes from there. And Plymouth Gin is one of the originals, and I knew it was, like, really old original uh, distillery. I didn't know that their water all comes from, like, a specific reservoir. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So it's like it's like New York and bagels. Apparently, <laughs> it's tastes different because it's that water. Uh, oh, bagel! And I don't think I've ever actually had Plymouth gin. So, oh, it's worth a try. I mean, it's very much like London Dry, for sure. I mean, uh, that's what I figured. That's what I was told. And so, why make a thing of it? But I told you, a tasting I think has to be in order. Maybe a special episode. A flight of gin. <laughs> <laughs> flight of the gingins. <laughs> it ends by crashing, just so you all know. What about you? What did you learn? Uh, so, I, so I learned about, uh, I didn't know about the UK classifications of gin. Um, and I like how it's very much like the low style. Like, oh, this is just neutral spirits and we added flavor. That's like the low shittiest Low style. That's low style. That's, that's, that's what I feed my dog. <laughs> um, so that was cool. I actually, I didn't know about the domain of origin for Chenevere either. I thought that was something I was reading about. I'd known about Chenevere for a while, um, but I didn't. I actually didn't realize like France and Germany had a small stake in it. Um, but given that Flemish is is one of the main languages in Holland, um, to me Flemish sounds like a cross between French and German. So I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can see where it's the drinking and the language come together. I'm sure there's a, a drunken story that a linguist can tell about, like how it was invented. Um, I also did not know that the Philippines is the world's largest gin market and/or consumer for gin. Um, which I'm um, go Philippines. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I no idea. Like that's cool. Um, that's hmm, for I mean for for how I would I would think of the popularity of gin around the world. That's that's pretty that's pretty cool. It's got to be a per capita. I mean, <laughs> I mean, says largest market. I was I, mean, I should have cited my sources on that one. I apologize. Sorry, just curious. Oh no, no, you're fine. That's that's the, the academic in me going. Yeah, you were getting lazy. Hmm. And if I had my so I only brought my wireless mouse over to where I'm recording. I don't have a keyboard in front of me, so I can't. It's really hard to type stuff in. Uh, no, but I, I guess I need to go there now. <laughs> I, I want to go to the Philippines. I have more than one reason to go, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. So, for job reasons, not for like mail order, whatever reasons. <laughs> okay. Because they got the reasons to go. Because I like because I, I like Filipino food. Um, all right, so yeah. cocktails. Oh yeah, you already you, you put in there. You're having a French seventy five. Yeah, yeah. I, Not anymore. I ran out. My, my I, so, bottle of prosecco oh. was too small. So I had Rob bring me up my um, go to Fever Tree Elderflower Tonic. 
I, I, I just keep in the fridge now, like rather than worrying about a liqueur and the sugar and storing it and adding that, I just use this tonic every time. Uh, I have a pack of the the Fever Tree Mediterranean over here, and uh, I, so I've been holding off because I I was trying to stay true to my to my cocktail for today. So oh yes, yes. So initially, I put down gin and tonic because um, that is what everyone thinks of when they have. Or first have gin. Usually, you like, oh, I have a gin and tonic. And, I, and I, after that was you're my drinking, you can still say gin and tonic because it gin slurs, and right? And gin and tonic. Uh, <laughs> and that, that was how I finished the evening as well when I first had my first gin and tonic and first gin cocktail because uh, I was like 19. I was in Italy, um, as one does. Uh, but I, I also have had so many gin drinkers tell me, like, oh, that's not what I like, or that's why I don't like gin is because I had a gin and tonic. Yeah, tonic's um, got a thing. Tonic has, it does have a thing. And, and there's one thing that's cool about it, because uh, the original the original tonic, when it comes to gin and tonic, uh, has quinine in it. And quinine actually has an, an ingredient that helps fight. It's not a cure, but it helps fight malaria. Yeah. Which is why it, I was... The so irony long. of the thing they don't like is the thing that is actually medicinal. Right. So, so people would add gin to it to make it more drinkable. Yay, gin! Because gin had juniper in it, which made gin more drinkable. Yay, gin! <laughs> Saving lives around the world! Yeah! But before... So the, the thing about malaria, it was actually used, or documented use first uh, in the 1840s in Holland as a way to help treat malaria was having a gin and tonic and it wasn't until about 20 years later that the english used it in africa or at least documented so uh it's used in africa so I, I was curious to find out that that's at least documentation wise it was used in holland first and and then in africa or at least then by the english uh so i was going to do a gin and tonic but i was kind of i don't know i was worried about how people feel about that kind of thing so i was kind of going through my brain french 35 crossed it but i actually just made a video for something else about a friend 75 like two days ago <laughs> i was like well maybe not i made a non-alcoholic one it's delicious it's a non-alcoholic gin um came out very well uh so a friend 75 actually we'll just we'll, we'll at least talk about that on the thing i'll do a video about my drink but the friend 75 is gin usually an ounce and a half um i do a half ounce of lemon half ounce of simple stir pour that into a flute and then top with a champagne or Prosecco, as uh, September is doing. Uh, did you use an ounce and a half, or did you use an ounce of gin? Oh, um, I actually can look that up <laughs> super quick. What I no, because I took a recipe because I didn't want to use the one from my book because that had the honeysuckle. So mm. I used an ounce of gin, half ounce of lemon, um, and I did not have simple. So I used about a half a teaspoon of sugar, and mm. then I topped with prosecco. Okay. Well, that would yeah, that would. Did did it mix up all right? Yep. The the regular sugar. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I always have my sugar in my house. I I always have moreno. It's a raw sugar, mm. and I do find it dissolves better in general. And I did shake, so I put the. Lemon juice, the um, gin, and the sugar in my shaker, and then I had the ice and shook it again to get 
the action I needed mm -hmm. before putting in the glass and adding the Prosecco. Yeah. And yeah, then I, mean, I use the little, our cute little stirry spoons. And that, that is one, one difference, uh, uh, the way that we both described, is like I would, since I usually simple, I usually just stir and dry in a tin or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do use a half ounce more chin because... I like my French 75 kit. Well, I say, I told you I I only measured that second one. The first one, I just poured to taste in my head. And that I, did, I didn't shake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used lemon juice and sugar, and I used the spoon, and I made it dissolve and then added other stuff. So, so the cocktail that I have been drinking is a gin ricky. Oh, darn you, phone. Uh, so I've been drinking a gin ricky, and I. the weird thing is, is I forgot what it was. I forgot what a gin ricky was. Uh, much like the Tom Collins, because it's, this, it's, it's one of those old, simple cocktails. Um, what bums me out, as I said, that uh, the gin and tonic came uh, from about, uh, it was 1840. The the gin ricky actually comes into play after that, which it, it, who's making tonic after soda water, or thinking to combine the two later on? But the gin ricky is documented as being invented in 1883, so like yeah, yeah, 40 years later. But the gin ricky is lime, soda water, and gin. Uh, the the big difference being it's not like a splash of lime juice or it's not a lime wedge, lime wedge on top, which you can do, but you actually uh, squeeze a lime over the glass and then throw the rind in. So that's, you can see my half of lime in there. Uh, it says juice, or you squeeze a half of lime. Um, I, I actually put my half lime in the glass and crushed it because I didn't want to make a mess everywhere. Uh, but it should be in a highball glass, lime, gin, top of soda water. Uh, and the lime floating in your glass is also your garnish. Then uh, that's uh, well, that's what I did. It's mm. yeah, you're supposed to put a slice in there, but I I, I crushed my whole one in there because I think I like the look of it better. It sounds kind of silly, but like having like a whole a honk of lime just kind of floating in the cocktail. <laughs> one of the few times I'm like, yeah, I do want a big piece of fruit in there because there's nothing else to this cocktail. Saying that, if you use a really nice gin and a good clean soda water, cold soda water. Uh, Man, it's refreshing. <laughs> I like it. I feel good. I've had two and a half days. We're, we're, we're flying high. Um, but I, I will, of course, do a video for Patreon while I'll, I'll crush the lime in front of you. <laughs> but yeah. It's an aesthetic. It's a feeling. See, that's something like, folks, some of these cocktails might seem really simple. Sometimes we'll get really fancy, but... There's a process to it that is, like, it's a ritual. Mm -hmm. And your bartender might do it different. Is there such a thing as doing it wrong? Well, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> some ways are fine to put your own spin and preference to delight your audience and yourself. That's true. And honestly, if you're having fun, that's like half the battle is... Like, you can all. You, if you get it. a Gimlet or a Ricky and they just pull out a bottle of Rose's giant lime juice, don't pay more than you would have for a well gin and tonic for it. 
Eh, wait, it's a shortcut for simple, isn't it? So the, that's the one thing that gets me. So right around <laughs> right. the pandemic, it might have been a few months before, uh, Rose's lime juice became a hard thing to find. I don't know why, but at least in Georgia, we just couldn't get it. We mm. could not get it in our restaurant. Um, and I didn't care except for the people that ordered gimlets all the time. And the recipe for a gimlet does say Rose's lime juice, uh, which I don't care for the taste of, to be frank. It's Kool-Aid. I grew up being, I was taught that's what a gimlet was, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a generation. Like, (laughs) um, that's what my mom was taught in a bar. Um, But I guess during the pandemic, I'd have probably gone there. Like, I'm not going to go. Limes have to be fresh. Sugar, I'm going to shit ton of sugar and have it delivered. It's going to be in the house, right? So I can have my simple if I want to have a drink. Mm -hmm. Um, Limes don't keep long. They They turn hard. And roses is, it's just, it's sweet. It's really sweet. It's got lime juice in it. It's limeade. It's concentrated limeade, right? Yeah. Um, but it could tend to be off because, I mean, you don't refrigerate it, and I don't know what they put in to purify it. But I would definitely, if I wanted a gimlet that bad during the pandemic, been able to Amazon some roses lime juice rather than go to the store with all the unmasked individuals who I don't know the last time they washed themselves were. You, you can say mouth breathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not a, I, I made hundreds of masks. There weren't enough for me to go to the store sometimes locally. Um, Rose's line is fine. But if I'm in a bar and they have a pile of cut limes there and they go, I, I want a gimlet or a lime Ricky and they reach for that. As long as they're not charging me. More than like eight dollars. I guess I can live with it. You know. <laughs> like if I'm dropping like a cocktail level. I'm in a cocktail bar. I'm paying 12, 15, 18 dollars for a drink. I don't want to see Rose's Lime juice anywhere. Like it's not juice. Yeah. No, I mean. Lime and a well-made simple, fine. We'll, we'll do that. It'll taste yeah. fresher. It won't taste like roses, and that's probably a good thing. <laughs> it's got a brand name. It can't be that bad. Wow. Sure. Really I mean, yeah, it, that's the same person that likes Hunt's ketchup. Um, oh, wow. Blows <laughs> <laughs> off. <laughs> Send your emails to uh, <laughs> We Need Sean's personal Burning Bridges You can find me at, at mail underscore NPC on all the social medias <laughs> Of course you can email us 
Uh, well, yeah, you there can you find uh, find us on our emails, uh, tipplethory.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. You can also more probably more easily contact us through our Patreon page, uh, patreon-tipplethory. And on our next episode, September, what are we talking about? We're talking about whiskey, and yeah. we are going to go whiskey versus bourbon. So um, <laughs> we've already discovered we cannot keep this short. There's just too much interesting to talk about, and we are silly. And we start a half an hour late, and September's already out of a drink. So, all right, we'll do better. I promise um, I'll save my settings next time, and we will start on time. And that way, we'll have the same recording length, but we'll end earlier. Yeah. Okay. That's how much. And we'll start notes earlier so we can have our, like, I found this. Oh, this contradicts it. Hey. No promises. Oh, come on. We're. All right. I'll try. I'll, I will try. <clears throat> no, it's okay. Okay. We're, we're getting our legs under us. We love you all. We are excited to do this show. We've been wanting to do it for a long time. I've been hearing from people who've been waiting for this show. How cool is that? Uh, we're going to continue this journey, and we'd love to have you along. Please go to patreon.com slash tipple theory and uh, just join us on this journey and ask us questions because there's a lot out there to know. There is, and that's why we're here to help you drink and learn things. Drink and learn things. And go Until to 912.com. Wait. You didn't put our socials in there. 912.com. Put your socials in there. But I just I mentioned mine my offhandedly. Own. What? I mentioned mine like offhandedly as I was um, um, transitioning yeah, into this, this portion of this the is, of the goodbyes. To go in the template. mail NPC. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Outro music. <laughs>